YouTube, we are back for episode six of Reverse Sweep. And first and foremost, we want to thank you guys for all the love that we got. Our last episode reached over a thousand. God damn it. <laughs> a thousand, a thousand times. Thousand. I, I'm thinking this is last season. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in there. Sheesh. Woo! <laughs> YouTube, we are back for episode six of the reverse sweep. And first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for all the love on our last episode. We got over 100,000 views. As always, I am joined with Call of Duty Legends, Sensor, Parasite, and Aches. Boys, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, some games this weekend were interesting, to say the least. But uh, overall, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. What about you guys? Chris is resident feeling, sleeper. <laughs> feeling good, man. I was watching some of these matches with Pat earlier. He had me crying, man. Like this guy is on one today. And I don't, yo, and Chris, I know you tweeted Pat about his clip. That was funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys like that? You guys like that? Yeah, Pat, yeah. you're you're a clown. You definitely had that written down. I will not be told otherwise. But honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm also good. Uh I'm honestly kind of disappointed though. Uh this weekend was pretty fucking boring for the matches. Agreed. It was a pretty, there was like what two games that were, you know, supposed to be interesting, but they kind of ended up in, you know, blowouts, even though the optic match, you know, three, two, it was still like a blowout most of the, most of the time in terms of the maps. But yeah, anyways, let's get started with the show. Shall we gentlemen? Wait, so let, let me pull, let me say one thing. The amount of love last episode was great guys, but we, you know how we like to do it. We like to answer your guys' questions and try to give you insights. There was so much love, it was hard to get a good amount of questions. So in this episode and future episodes, if you want to get your question answered, make sure you actually ask a question. But Chris, I think you you pulled like two, two out maybe. I don't know. So you can yeah. go ahead and uh and read them off. But okay, yeah. So the uh, first question is by Rod and Nee. His uh, he said, "Can you guys talk about the importance of coaches and the role they play?" What was and his can, name? Rodney. Like oh, separately, uh, Rod okay, and Rodney, me. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, can you guys? <laughs> Yo, keep going. My bad. I just this is an interesting. Name. Can you yeah, guys yeah. talk? Well, what did Rodney ask? He said, "Can you guys talk about the importance of coaches and the role they play? Can coaches actually make a significant difference in teams?" Uh, I mean, I think so. I, I, I think it kind of depends on the coach, right? Like we've kind of, we, we, you know, all CL teams have coaches, but I, I think we can all agree. Like we can kind of, you know, gauge and really see what, which coaches have impacts and ha how great their impacts are. I mean, I think obviously the teams that are very successful, we talk about uh, Rambo now with optic and previously Crowder, who is, you know, traditionally known as the goat since he, the, the CDL era. Um, I, I think they do play a significant role, but it really comes down to, you know, the teams that they have on them, right? Because there's only a, so much a coach can really do. At the end of the day, it's about the team executing the game plan that's, you know, discussed and, and, and talked over. But um, can they make a different, significant difference? Yes, but the talent needs to be there. That's kind of my take. Yeah, I think it depends on who they're coaching or what, like the type of style, I guess. Because certain coaches, like, for example, you look at a team like New York, they're not doing well. But do I do do I think that D, so for example their coach D real do I think that he's playing a factor in whether they you know succeed or fail no no not in my opinion because you look at their team you look at Clay and Krim like those guys are those guys are leaders they're coaches yeah. in their own right of the you know they 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 understand the game uh to to a high level 
I don't think that he's changing anything. If anything, maybe he tries to get their mindset right, but I, and maybe does some analytical work with uh, who's their co- who's their analyst, JP, JP Krez, and mm-hmm. Revan's their co-coach. But besides right. that, in terms of Coco. in-game stuff, no, I don't think he's helping. But Rambo, for example, Rambo, I think he definitely helps. Like optic, I don't know. It just depends on the style. I depend. It depends on the team, in my opinion. I like another voice, right? The kind of what you mentioned, the opposite side. It's like another another voice of reason almost. Yeah. I, I do that. I, I think they're important, but I, I don't think it has to do with anything inside the game. Like, I, I think uh, I could talk with experience with Chris, the biggest factor that he brought to our team. And I think his, his best strength was how he was able to just handle all of our personalities on 100T, right? Um, and I'm not saying that this is the right way to approach it, but I think where Cod's at right now Players will respect someone like a Crowder, right? A Rambo, a TP when he coached, compared to maybe like, no offense to D Real in New York, but it's got to be hard for Krim, someone like Krim and Clay to respect him, right? Because they've done everything. Like, how is he supposed to tell them about something in the game that they don't already know or even give his opinion if they don't value that highly of him? Now, I'm not saying that that's what the case is, but I think coaches. They do their job when they can keep everyone level-headed. Um, so I don't know if it's a significant difference because I think at the end of the day, it, it just comes down to the players, like actually executing. Uh, the coaches don't play for you. Having someone like Rambo Ray is huge for Optic, but you know, when you talk about like Dashy, right? And his difference, we, we talked about how he, he played so well at the major. Rambo for sure helped, but I think the biggest thing was Dashy himself and also the players around him with Scump, Shotzi, uh, and Illy. So in my opinion, they're they're important, but they're a extent. small, a small. Bro, I almost piece feel like you can get away success with, or failures. I almost feel like you can just get away with not having a coach and stuff like that. It's good for extra information. Depending on the like, players you have, yeah. Yeah. Like Creamy like Clay, can, I don't think they need a coach. I don't. Yeah. Well, most most of the coaches are retired players, right? So if like if these players have been and are at the top of their game mentally and IQ wise, like yeah, a coach isn't going to bring something new to the table that wasn't already known about Call of Duty. I think that's your point, Ian. Is like. The biggest factor comes outside of the game itself. I tend done? to agree with Ian as well, Pat. I mean, like personally, like throughout my entire career when I was winning, I never had a coach at all. Like, I think my coach was my teammate's girlfriend when we won nationals. Like, they she keep was that to yourself. There. Who is that? <laughs> mutation, mutation, and dashboard queen. You, you know, boy who was they trying were. to get his girl a free flight. It was just, it was just like we had her there to just be there. We also had Beezer. I was coaching Ghost, like in AW. Pat, we didn't have a coach when we won. I think. I mean, I, I truly don't think a coach is needed in terms of like, hey guys, we need to play the game like this because this works. I think players can put their heads together and figure that out themselves. I think what you said, Ian, is more logical. I think it's more so just having a guy to make sure everyone's mentally all together on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout my career as a player. Um, that was something I took on myself a lot, like making sure all my guys on the team were all all in on the same goal together, focused. Um, and I think if a coach could do that really well, it could help bring out the most potential in players. But I don't think yeah. it's something like NFL or even NBA where you could say, like, set a plays like you could do that Call of Duty, but the game plays too fast. I'm not trying to make the coaching like a uh, role irrelevant, but I think the if anything, the most important thing to have in a CDL team, like the sub staff, is more so the um having like an analyst an analyst is very important because for a team or players of the high level that understand what it takes to win and stuff like that having numbers 
from like, let's say practice or other teams or, or you know, how you've recently performing just gives you another way of kind of reading what you're good at, what your weaknesses are, what they're good at, and like allows you to kind of interpret that how you want. Um, I think that's it, it. I think that's arguably more important than actually having a coach in COD. I think later down the road where let's say let's say COD competitively has a longer lifespan and you start seeing players like Crowder, if they're still coaching at the age of like 45, right, for example, right? Yeah. You're going to have so much experience. You've seen it all that you'll actually be able to kind of like maybe give younger players um, tips and pointers and stuff like that. But like nowadays, it's like but look at like Cap, for example, Cap is as old as I am and he's coaching players that are only a few years like uh, younger than him. Mm-hmm. They've been they've you know, they've been competing against each other for a bit. So it's not the same as like an NFL coach or MLB coach, like you were saying. It's yeah. like the, the, the wanna, experience is relatively the same. I do want to add one thing because Chris, that's actually a good point. Uh, so from my personal experience, having an analyst, like you said, right when I was playing on 100T and, and Chris was my coach, um, is I would be able to find out after X amount of scrims, like enable your you're dropping a 0.5 on seaside hard point, right? But you're at a 1.1 in all of these hills, but like the second and third hill, you're at a 0.4. So I can figure out, okay, maybe I'm playing those hills wrong or whatever the case may be. But then having someone like Crowder who I can talk to, who not only has played at the highest level, um, was respected by all of us, like he can help me fix my game in that aspect. Whereas it's good to have that as a combo. But without the numbers, I would never know that, you know, it's like, it's so I, I think the coach is almost like the cherry on top just to put, they tie everything together. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to name drop, but I think it's equally as important as you can have a good coach. You can also have a pretty bad coach, right? Like some coaches, oh, name drop, name drop. I, I don't want to do it, but like, um, you know, some coaches in the past, you know, would, would honestly just be kind of take the role of like being put on by their, by their friends and, you know, just to have a job and a spot that really didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Um, you know, Ian, you probably have been on a team before that's kind of experienced something uh, like uh, that. Oh, it's just, Christ, dude. It's just kind of like, and I'm not saying they don't they don't get good at it, but that's kind of how that role develops. And that's not all coaches by any means, but that's definitely, you know, things that have happened in the past and, and probably will continue to happen. But anyway, our next question, which I think is a juicy one, is um, it's coming from Hector Rodriguez. Uh, the question is, let's say that Optic wins champs and Skump decides You're to retire... It's kind of a two-parter. Um, who would be an ideal pickup for Optics Fourth, and what does the COD scene look like if Seth is is done? Right, if he quits, there's no more scumping Call of Duty. Uh, there is no ideal tough, fourth because COD's yeah. done. <laughs> <It's already laughs> well, God. No, Ian, you can't be so negative, man. Somebody has to come up and and take his throne, right? Like somebody's gonna fill the void. Like that's life, no and one. that's what happens. Nope. People fill people's voids all the time, right? Like Michael Jordan was out lebron james is in i mean you never know who that next lebron james is going to be but hopefully he's out there if scum could have done it someone else could do Bro, it i'm too. gonna be honest so who do, who do you think it'd be well i want to hear Doug. so who do you think would be an ideal fourth if Nick scum Hurst. decided to retire what yo man it's got to be somebody it's got to be somebody who can win in call of duty that can be appealing to people that could make people want to watch matches and that is able and willing to take criticism on a public scale which is very difficult for a lot of these players to do you have to be able to take all of it, expect it to come, and also be able to produce good quality content that's fun, unique to yourself. And in order for that to happen, you're going to have to have a great system of people around you that believe and trust in you to make your mood right for that opportunity. 
So it's it's definitely possible. It's just people need to be smart it's simple. about it. It's simple. It's simple. It's simp. They optics got to just come together and throw the absolute bag at simp, and that's the only way to really continue that tradition. But to your point, I don't think. I mean, Doug, it. What is it? There is no filling the throne here because like. There's there's a there's a precedent set of what Seth's quote unquote throne looks like and how many people are watching. If he's gone, <laughs> there ain't no point of filling the throne to five people watching because I think that's really the the story here is the the drastic decline in interest overall in Call of Duty as an esport when Seth is gone. I, I truly do think okay. that is going to happen. But here's the thing, Pat. Now, I still think if Optic is involved in the CDL without Scump, which I think they will be. Um, they'll still be viewership for Optic because Optic is a big brand too. It's not just scum, right? They go hand in hand. I'd argue but we saw same, a big decline after Nate Shot left. I would say it's probably, I don't know. It, I would say this might be outrageous, but I would say it's probably 70-30 in favor yeah. of Scump or, or like 60-40, but I don't think it's the other way. Like I think yeah. if Scump does retire, obviously Optic is huge, right? But if he retired and went full time content, more people would watch his stream, uh, I think, than like a regular CDL match. If Seth's, truly, probably. Warzone, if Seth's playing Warzone at the same time that a Call of Duty tournament's going on, what is Seth's fans watching? If it is 70 30. Oh, yeah, they're watching Scum. They're not watching Simple. Yeah, okay, but at the same that. time, what I was going to say was. Uh, well, the reason why I said Nick Merckx is because I simply don't think um, there's just anyone that's going to be able to fill that void. Call of Duty is so different, right? The reason I'm saying that is because you can't compare it to the NBA with like LeBron and, and Jordan or anything like that. The NBA is huge, right? Call of Duty isn't that big. It's only big one in North America, but two, the multiplayer side, which is what we play, it's pretty fucking small if you think about it. Warzone, Warzone, competitive yeah, competitive COD. Warzone dwarfs it, and I think without yeah. the fan base of those players, it's just going to continue to get even worse. And I don't think there's a there's a role to fill there. I think if Scump retires, and let's say that guy's fan base doesn't watch Call of Duty anymore, and maybe some of them will stick around for just you know com Call of Duty competitively. Like I don't see there's what what's the point of investing in the CDO when there's only getting thirty to forty k viewers? Yeah, it's something, but it's not. Bro, they can host Warzone tournaments that get more viewers and have players that are getting are pulling way more viewers. Why would I invest X amount of money into a player that's not scump, knowing they're not going to pull that, or you're taking a chance that they might eventually do so, right? With yeah. the you know the, the building up their personality and stuff like that. When I can just go pick up average Joe Woe or Nick Merckx or something like that and have a guaranteed already established ginormous fan base that already basically dwarfs, if not matches the CDL in in uh in viewers and stuff like that i think when scump goes the call of duty league is already taking a decline it's gonna get worse i'm not saying it's gonna get completely die because i don't know what um i don't even know why technically from like an investor standpoint i don't even know why it's still a thing no offense and i don't want it to Sorry, die but... it just doesn't make sense so warzone is way more popular so i don't know what the hell is gonna happen if um that happens i, I have a I was looking this up because it kind of made me think about it. Um, like you guys are all familiar with the WWE, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure like now that a lot of those mega WWE superstars are starting to retire, the mm -hmm. WWE ratings are going down like year over year, like declining 15, 20%. And that really doesn't surprise me, right? Like 
the WWE kind of was in the same boat as Call of Duty, right? It really relied, like, yeah, there was the baseline for, like, the entertainment factor, but it really relied on these personalities and these superstars that people got so invested in and 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 had this big fandom in. And I, and I think when that goes away, the baseline of just WWE wrestling isn't as exciting if it's just these new guys that you don't really care for as much, you know, wrestling. Well, that's, right? like, that's the issue when players are bigger than the game. And that's You're, what happens in yeah, our game. Yeah. I mean, I, the obvious, to, to answer the question, it would be simp in terms of, like, who would be the best uh, bet for them. But like you guys all said, I just, I don't know. I, I well, Like, part of me wants to see Skump retire, just to, I'm genuinely interested in see how the league would perform. But the other half of me is scared because I feel like that could be the beginning of the end, realistically. And that's a lot of weight on Skump. Like, it shouldn't be because at the end of the day, he should do whatever he wants to do. But also knowing how important, like, he is a pillar of this scene. I don't know. I just feel like it's just not a, it's not a good look either way you go about it. It's just been a downside of our scene for years. Yep. Well, before we get into the next part of this podcast, we just want to say that this episode is sponsored by HyperX. Pick up massive discounts on your favorite gaming gear at the HyperX Loot Drop so you can dominate the competition like the pros. Click the link in the description before the best deals go. Day one started with uh, Subliners versus the Ravens, followed by Surge Boston, and then uh, ended with uh, Mutineers versus Gorillas. Um, this first series, London obviously had a fill-in for Gizmo, who was taking some personal time. Uh, they had Paul X fill-in, who looked kind of honestly phenomenal for them this whole weekend. But they're playing a very, very broken New York Subliners. So what was your guys' thoughts on this match? Anything to take away? For me, it was just kind of embarrassing for for new york i was just looking forward to see how paul did because i you know paul's my boy wester gang and uh he did well he fried he's looking good he had a bone to pick he i think you he's trying to get you shout no. out a gang and no, <laughs> bro, western the gang. western gang it's just like it's our little like west coast thing i'm kidding i'm kidding i keep going my yeah. bad but uh shout out gersh but anyways um so he did really well and uh i think he had like a little bone to pick i think he wants to get on that team Right. He wants to get in the CDL mm -hmm. in general. I think he wants to uh, sign with a team that needs help. So he obviously wanted to show out. And he did just that all week. He played really well, uh, not only in this match, but in their later match this week. And uh, besides that, I don't, there wasn't really much takeaway. It's same New York struggles. Um, they brought back Neptune, actually. That was the first match with uh, Neptune back in. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that uh, have been pretty high on Neptune and bringing them back and giving royalty shit. And this isn't directly from Neptune, but like, I mean, it didn't help. He hasn't, he still didn't play good. I, I mean, I didn't really expect them to. So I don't really know uh, what New York is doing. If they're just kind of like working on moves in the background or they were, and they just had no other choice but to bring back Neptune or if they actually genuinely thought keeping him was a good idea. And I feel, I feel bad for Neptune, but he's not good. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only really, Two things you could take away are Paul X looking really good. Um, I definitely think he deserves to be a starter on a CDL team. Maybe it ends up being MISL. 
But it's interesting because, Chris, you probably have more insight than, than I do. Uh, I know he was on London last year, and in the beginning, he looked really good. But then it seemed, seemed like he kind of tailed off, and that's when Afro, everyone was on the Afro hype train, and, and people, you know, I don't want to say they just forgot about Paul, but Afro is kind of turning into a superstar player, right, in the league in front of our eyes. And, and Paul kind of slid into that. He's solid, but nothing really special. But so far, he's looked great. Like, he's looked great. And I'm not sure why he didn't even get a chance this year yeah. to be a starter. That is what's mind-blowing to me. I think he, he definitely will get picked up sooner than mm -hmm. later because there's a lot of teams in a league that can use someone like Paul. And then on the side of Neptune, I don't want to say this. I hate being that guy, but, like, his time might be coming up in the league. You know, he, he's had flashes of brilliance, but you just – He's had a lot more time than some of these other young guys, and he hasn't really produced anything substantial, in my opinion. Yeah. So he Ring needs to turn around. Even, even though, Ring even though he's up. been on a, even though he's been on a bad <laughs> team, like granted, Florida wasn't the greatest last year, and he did do pretty good on Florida later in the season. Even though he joined New York, and they haven't been good. Like at the end of the day, it sucks that the circumstances that he's in aren't the best. But not everyone is going to get to play with Sim. Not everyone's going to get to play with Scump, you know, not everyone's get to going to be in the ideal team situation, but it's on you to kind of like realize the situation you're in and turn it up, especially as a young you guy. You can still prove your worth. Yeah, you can still your prove your worth. I mean, look at Hydra. Way. And I'm not going to say he's Hydra, but like, look at Hydra, right? Yeah. No, that's still fact. disgusting. He's still playing well. Regardless. But the one thing I will say about Paul, and I think the reason a lot of people forgot about him is because like you said, it, Paul is good, but he's not really like a superstar. I'd say I think he's mm -hmm. a solid player. The mm -hmm. game mode you see him shine in is search and destroy. And that's how he's always been. He's disgusting at search and destroy. And you saw that in their last match yeah. um, that they just recently played. And um, I think regardless, if, even if he's not a superstar, him being a solid player, I can think of a lot of players that are not very solid that are still in the league. And I don't see why he wasn't in the league in the first place. And one thing that Paul even told me, it's hilarious. He said, challengers is fake. I was like he was basically saying that he was like putting up like struggling in challengers and he goes to the league and he just has such an easier time granted he's playing with a good london team right so every time he's playing the league he's found it a lot easier and regardless if that's bullshit you gotta love the confidence and i'd take the confidence you definitely love the confidence that's definitely love bullshit, the confidence though. and he's and he's not and he's not completely chalk he's not like completely like just saying it out of his ass he's actually you know proving his worth he played good um for london he played good in the you know the current london team in vanguard mm -hmm. and cold war so i think he definitely deserves a shot i think he will get one paul is easily one of my favorite players that i team with on this game i've been teaming with him until he got the london call up and it was a lot of fun i mean we laughed a lot we had a good pace. We had really good trades. I could just tell playing with him, and I play with a lot of players on Vanguard so far, it was very obvious to me that Paul has a great understanding of how to apply pressure in this game at the mm -hmm. highest level. And, and add yeah. on what you said, Chris, I think the thing that does separate Paul, because I think he's good in respawn, he's good in control. Uh, he, he always plays at the same consistent tempo, which makes the game easier for me, I felt personally. And I feel like he wins a lot of fights. He takes good calculated risks. He's very confident. He has a great mindset. And his search and destroy is just second to none, in my opinion. Uh, there's only very few players I say that about in challengers. And luckily, I think fortunately for me, I think I play with two of the best search and destroy players. And he, last time we scrimmed, was on, I think, like, I don't know, like whenever he got the call up to London, it was the day before that. 
we played one of the elite teams in search. We six won them, six won them, six three them, six five them. Like we beat them on every map. It wasn't even close, and then that was it. Like he got sent yeah, off. He's really good at search. So he I think he's got so many first bloods, so many first bloods, yeah. so much pressure makes the map a lot easier to read. He definitely will be getting a call up to the league soon, I would hope and I would imagine. Um, and I think he deserves it. And um, I think his mental is just great. He's guess, just a yeah. great. He's just a great person to be around. He was always laughing. And if something wasn't right, if we lost a map, we lost a few maps in a row, lost a map kind of series. The way we went about it, the way we approached it, I, I really liked his leadership. I think he has a lot of information in his brain that people should be picking. And um, I think he should. I think he should be getting a lot more credit than what he has right now. And I think people are like praising him, but I could just tell hey, that's him. some yeah. great guy. That's some great guy. I mean, we'll yeah, see. I think he'll get a few weeks. I could tell he's he 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 has it, man. Yeah. He I think he'll it. I think he'll definitely get on a team, hopefully um sooner rather than later. But uh on the other side, New York, once again, same struggles. We've talked about how um we think they need a two person change. They have still yet to deliver. Uh, this entire week. I don't know what's going on with those guys, but they continue to look terrible. Anyways, okay, so moving on to the second match. <laughs> Who do we got? Who do we got a second match? Dude, they were all pretty boring. It was Boston and Seattle. Um, which, I mean, dude, Boston's solid. I know I've said this a bunch of times that I thought they were overrated. Um, I need to give them the respect they deserve. I still don't think that they're they can be a top team. But they definitely are tiers ahead of, of like the bottom five to six teams. Like I think they're in a solid tier of their own. Seattle, I, I already know how Pat feels about it, even though we'll talk about their series with Faith. They're so inconsistent for me, it just it makes no sense. Like I honestly can't wrap my head around it at all. Um, but I feel like that's an issue with a lot of teams in the league right now. I yeah, agree. I I just, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't buy stock in, in Seattle Surge by any means. I think they've had their moments, and, and yeah. we can They've go been lower, jump. Pat. They've yeah, been that's, lower. That's true. When they had you on the team, that stock was going He's almost getting delisted. Buy but, low, sell high, baby. Um. So, yeah, so they lost to the breach. Uh, didn't look good at all. And, the, and then they did. They turned it around. They beat FaZe. But to me, the, the FaZe win wasn't um, anything crazy. I mean... They, they got that game five map two win, which obviously stopped them from getting 3-0'd because they otherwise would have. It was around 11. Um, and yeah, the control could have went either way. But I don't, I don't know. I just... This team doesn't show me enough. Um, they never have. In any of their wins outside of the kickoff, have they ever showed me any type of dominant win? It was always a... Like, we were talking about Lamar clutching up, like, coming down to the wire series. And then outside of those series, they're just getting smoked. Um, and it's kind of been a repeat story for me. I do think this phase shows a little bit of life out of them. And I think you guys, if you guys saw the interview, what Lamar said, he was like, um, you know, we had a big talk, I think after they lost to the breach and they were just like, look, we got to just forget what we know and, and just kind of play what, you know, how, how we feel naturally and like trust our gut. Um, so, you know, maybe that, maybe things turn around for them, but for me, I'm still thinking that we'll see another week where, Maybe they have some close games and then back on the, the, the struggle bus. But I don't know if you guys have any different opinions. That's kind of just always going to be the case for me. I still I still believe in Seattle, Pat. I mean, I, I stuck with them in the beginning of the year, and they're going through a rough patch now, and I'm going to stick with them to the end. I mean, look, dude, like I've seen so many highs and lows as a player in Call of Duty. I've been a part of a team that stuck for an entire year and didn't win anything and then won the biggest tournament when it all said was all said and done. There's nothing in my mind that says that Seattle can't turn it around and they can't win. And, yeah, like they're getting fried. They're losing. They look bad. 
it's Call of Duty. I've seen every player in the history of the game look like that. And I didn't really see it much for FaZe until at times this year in certain series, right? Because that's just Call of Duty and they're humans too. Um, I think Seattle definitely has what it takes. And I think teams just got to figure out how to play the game still. Um, and I think it's changing still. I think a lot of teams look at the game in a traditional way. And then a lot of teams are catching up and realizing, oh, it's pubs. I need to run forward and I need to run forward fast. <laughs> Except it needs to be, I know what you're thinking, Ian, um, but it needs to be controlled chaos. I mean, that's just what it is. And I, I watch a lot of it and this old school traditional rotating, it might work next year. It might've worked last year. It doesn't work this year. If you do that, you're going to struggle. And I think that's a huge reason why New York is struggling right now too. Just on a side note. I, I definitely think Seattle has potential, but I agree with Pat Doug where they can turn around, but they need to get like a decisive, convincing win. Even though, yeah. you know, it, yeah. if you beat Atlanta face, it doesn't matter if you 3-0 them or you 3-2 them round 11. That is a good win, right? Yeah. For any team in the league. Yeah. But, like, looking forward to their, their next matches, they have pretty tough two games. They play Optic and LAG next week. Like, one of those series probably would come against LAG. They need to get a convincing win. Like, I want to see a 3-0 or 3-1. I don't want to see... Another round eleven win in S and D goes to a game five and yeah. it, like I want to see them bully a team because they have the potential they they have the talent Mac uh, who I think is is very underrated right now I think he's the best player on their team I think he is you know a top fifteen player in in Vanguard probably like he's been playing very well and very consistent and no one seems to talk about him but that's also because Seattle just hasn't looked too hot but I don't know they they just need a good win. As simple as that, they need to go in. No, I, I I agree with you. And like you said, they're in a situation where like people are harping on them and stuff like that. Like, don't even speak about roster changes because you look at the team right now. And granted, they aren't performing well. I don't think they're performing well as a team. I can't really sit there and be like, oh, this guy's the issue. This guy's an issue. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where they're all performing bad at different times, sometimes together. And but but you look at their team and you look at their ceiling and you understand it's like, oh, wow, we have high ceiling, but we just need to put together and be uh, somewhat consistent. But like you were saying, yeah, they you can't they can't have the LAG effect from Cold War where they beat Atlanta phase and then just go and look terrible for the rest. Exactly. Of the year. Exactly. Yeah. You can't you can't say, oh, Seattle's back. Right. Like Pat was saying, don't invest in Seattle stock yet. You got to you got to just be more consistent. Got to show us more. Uh, but I mean, that's a good way to uh, start it, you know, by by. Uh, getting that Atlanta phase win. But anyways, it's we were talking about the morale. It's definitely better than a loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it helps the morale. True. But uh, we were also talking about how Boston breached that we, we actually forgot to mention that series was a series where we saw cap drop 50, what, four, right? That was it, Record, right? Yeah, notorious yeah, CAP. 68, 68 EKIA. Yeah, 68 EKIA, 54 kills. That guy had himself a map. He literally was bocaging around this, Bocage. This is what... We were talking about though. This is Cap's first year in the league, right? Uh, and he's had his highs and his lows, but like he's showing glimpses of what he could potentially be. Like even if Boston Breach wasn't doing that well, like he's proven himself um, a decent amount already in the league, whether it be yeah. from SND or just the fact that he has potential to really take over games. So he, I think he's been honestly lights out for the Boston team. Um, Definitely a lot better. Than Methods has been playing solid. Like they're, they're they're a lot better than I gave them credit for. I know I said that I thought they were the most overrated team in the league um, because when you look at their team on paper, 
compared to a lot of the other teams, you, they don't look like they would be anywhere above the eighth spot, in my opinion. Uh, and that might be generous on paper. But and, but the only reason you're saying that, though, Ian, is because Nero and Cap, to you, were question marks. You yeah, don't know. Well, you, don't, well, you, also, you technically didn't know their potential when Cap true. is starting to show, you know, how good he can be. And whether he keeps, he's not going to drop 54 every game, but whether he keeps, you know, being consistent, showing his improvement and respawn, continuing to dominate and search and destroy. Um, then when you start to kind of familiarize yourself with Nero and Cavs potential, I think that's when you'll be able to kind of look at them and be like, okay, this is where I can put them. I kind of understand this team now because before it was just question marks. Rightfully so, right? But, yeah, no, that, that's fair. But I, I guess the way I look at it is even if, um, those two say were like superstars. When you look at a lot of the top dogs in the league, they have some have all they have four superstars on their team, you know, or at least like three known superstars. Whereas, uh, no disrespect to Tej or or Methods, like they're not superstar players. Very good players. Um, they've been around the league for a while now. Yeah. But so like, if you already kind of cross off two as being superstars, respectfully, I just feel like it's so hard to really gauge their team, but. Yeah, they look good. They they yeah. they look a lot better than the teams below them. So True. I definitely take back what I said. They are not the most overrated team in the league. And watch now, I say that they're about to just start losing everything. Well, imagine that yeah. one. Speaking of overrated teams, we get into the Los Angeles Gorillas against the Florida Mutineers. Um, so this is the last match on Friday. They get three would and then mm -hmm. they wake up and they play Paris Legion first thing on Saturday, and they three would them. So I don't know. To me, I don't know what the fuck to think with this this Gorillas team. They are all over the place. This isn't uh, a coin, but yeah, literally, like <laughs> that, that's how I feel about about this team. Like their their matches are just a legit coin flip. Um, we did see Slasher start to improve. He had um, a good series that, versus Paris in that, in that Paris series. Yeah, he he actually had a Slasher series. But but he got shit on the day before against Florida. So I, I don't know. It, it it's still the problem to me is like why is Asim the best player on this Gorillas team? Like like because he makes, makes moves. It's makes, it's it's yeah. what we said. It makes yeah. it's what we said though, Pat, or what Doug said specifically is um because this isn't taking away anything from any of the teams that are performing well right now. But I think the players who I guess thrive or really succeed in very structured gameplay. Right, you would look at, at someone like Slasher, okay. Uh, someone like Octane, um, someone like Gunless. Yeah, it, it, like you can name players. That's where they really thrive. That like you have to have controlled chaos in this game, um, and there's a way to understand it and a way to kind of use it to, you know, your advantage. But for some players, it just completely hurts them. And I think that's what we see, like. Bro, Slasher didn't just wake up one day, or Gunless didn't just wake up one day and lose all gun skill. Okay, but their no, their minds not. their minds are so in the structured gameplay, and they're trying to force a structured gameplay where you really can't. Like yeah, you, have you have to become one with the chaos. You have to reprogram your brain to play, and that's just the thing that uh, this is just a little bit off topic, but that's just the thing about COD. Every year it changes, and you don't know if you're going to go from playing in a Vanguard MW style Call of Duty to a Cold War right mm -hmm. to jetpacks so it makes being adapt. a pro at call of duty so hard and for some people it takes a little bit longer it's not mo I, I'm, I'm not a fan of that either where it's like oh you're just washed it's like bro these people don't just forget how to play the game 
some for some people it's um they're trying to adapt some people just don't want to adapt they just like they're set in their ways they and, and even with that game and it just affects people's differently man it, even it really with that is. adaptation like you don't enjoy it right like some players just naturally won't enjoy that chaos chaotic style of call of duty like that oh just, slasher hates it we all know know, Austin sure. hates it you know clay hates it like it's mm-hmm. just it's, it's just kind of this logic of like some players just don't enjoy it and i think vanguard it's kind of gotten to the point where this is like the most chaotic we've ever had a competitive cod play right like yeah. has there ever been one that's more than this no, this no. that's, that's crazy because yeah. we played 5v5 modern warfare yeah we played 5v5 cod in general bro yeah but the thing is domination kind of kind of was helping out <laughs> you're not i mean shit, you're Slowed not wrong down a little bit but, but yeah but yeah uh I mean, I mean, dude, you just got to look at like this game and how it plays. Like, think about a map like Bokage. Think about Bokage P2 to P5 or P4 to P5. It goes barn to BSD. Mm-hmm. How long, if, if we timed it from getting from like the door of barn to the top of plat at gate, it might take 2.5 seconds. Two hops really- this time. Max. Yeah, right. Like, literally, like, I could literally, like, I remember the beginning of the game when I played with my first team because I always, and as a person who is one, majors at the beginning of games and also at the end of games i always felt that and i don't know why i said the end of games i'm just to my own horn so roast me for that but like (laughs) at the beginning of games i always thought the best way to learn is to be overly aggressive like i like snd i'm rushing to a bomb come stop it i'm gonna plant the bomb hold on before i interrupt you before i interrupt you just let's preface this that jimbo he's not talking to you He's talking about. Oh my I'm saying, God. I'm saying, I'm saying, like you got to be over aggressive, and I would do it a lot in the beginning of this game, and I'd have like my teammates be like, "We have to rotate and go to the setup, man." And I'm like, "Dude, when we're rotating, yeah. we're losing maps. Like, can we not, please?" Like, I would think <laughs> it, I wouldn't say it, but like, because they would just sound stupid. Because who doesn't rotate at hardpoint? I'm like, dude, like I don't know. I remember last time I hit P4 on Bokage and I popped a two piece, and then I knew the two spawn out, and then I shot the other one in the side because you got in a gunfight with him, and then before I knew it, I was on a 15 kill streak. Like I was on every okay. other map. Like Dogs is dropping news. Go, go, go. Yeah, it's dude. That why do you think players like Capsidal have shown greatness? Or why do you think players like um I don't even know. Just I think I think Capsule is the best example I could use to be honest because he's new to the CDL. He doesn't have history of being a great structured Call of Duty player, and he shows glimpses of being one of the best subs in in the league right now. Right, like he just dropped fifty four yeah. kills. So this I game, think it's this all game, about that. this game definitely pl- uh, benefits you from playing very loosely. But before we diverge too much from the topic, uh, let's get back on topic and we can talk about Florida because Florida, you know, they did three zero the Gorillas, and I don't think a lot of us had that happening but also they looked good this week they went 2-0 granted they played uh gorillas in for and uh new york who were struggling they were dominant victories which is the best you part know, about they, it because it wasn't they like they just why they did twice i don't understand how by the way that's what that's we need true. to talk about i mean yeah. look, florida we all we've said this like florida they are a team that has potential because we've yeah. seen it, you know, they're just so inconsistent. Um, so give them their respect, even though the two teams they played weren't that good. But talking about coaches and everything, how is Bokash in both hard in both series? It's they're the only, it's their best hard point map. And I know yeah. NYSL. Six and two, uh, Ian. And they can't even get wins on the other map. Like, uh, make it make sense to me. Because it's not like these teams that they're playing. It's not like these teams that they're playing NYSL and LEG. Like they're at the top of the of the standings. You know, like they need every single win to get these points. I think this is when we bring up the convo, kind of like how we talked about in the beginning with coaches. 
There were some goddamn bad coaches out there. What are they doing? Because Who's the LAG coach? Uh, it's Ricky Bevels and ah, you got to uh, Pat. Then, what are they doing? You know them. <laughs> you know that I don't know what they're doing, son. They've had, they've had some struggle years in the CDL, but dude, that's just a, a, a it's unacceptable. Just like, that's a unacceptable move, right? That's it's a unacceptable. Move. Same thing with, and I guess we won't really necessarily say it's bad for New York because. We believe they've just kind of chalked the roster at this point. But even then, it's for like still D-Real, D-Real, Revan, and JP, JP's one of the best analysts in the league. He, I know he sees that Florida's 6-2 on Bocage and negative on every other map. Why are they picking that map? It's, yo, I don't yo, know. Krim yeah. overruled it because he knew he was running a sub. That's why. He said, no, fuck it. We're playing Bocage. Yeah. I mean, I'm not bro, playing no Gavutu with no sub. You know now players just, have input, but these coaches are doing the vetoes for the teams. So true. I have no idea. We joke about it, but like we're like, dude, why are we not on retainer? It's like people do people not watch the show or like do like pros not watch the show or do people just not take any sort of warrant into like our opinions? Like I don't understand it because we sit here and we tell people like what is going on and they continue to make the same mistakes and it continues to produce the same result. I think it's hilarious. I don't I don't really understand why it, it happens, but it's it's funny. It's funny to see the oh, teams keep making the same thing. mistake. Just yeah. veto the map. Uh, and you know what they're going to say? Especially in a though? game with this map pool. Sorry to cut you off. No, here. no, you're the good. map pool so small. Like, what? The, you're not missing anything out by not playing that map. You're definitely not because it's, <laughs> it's Bocage, first it's off. Bocage. But, like, I, I know we don't see that these teams scrim records, right? And whatever. Or, or maybe they scrim Florida and they beat them four times in a row on Bocage. Ooh, but it's like, it, bro, none of that matters when it comes to playing official matches. Like, none of that matters. It's just simple. This team is good at one hardpoint map. We have a veto. We could take their one map away. Like, I don't care if we beat them 250 to 10 the day before on the map. Just veto it and move on. Like, I, it's mind-boggling to me. I, Especially when these teams that we're talking about that like structure are playing Bocage. Yeah. Like, Austin and Gunless. You put, sla- you put Slasher and Gunless on Bocage up against Big Wake and, and Vivid just literally running laps around them. The Not Bocage even needing effect. to rotate. Just hitting yep. all scrap time, doing whatever they want. Yeah. Well, Florida did look good. Sense. They did. Honestly, honestly, that's just like... At that point, like it's just embarrassing. If you're the if you're the, these teams and you're allowing that map to get in, like yeah, Florida played great, but that's just embarrassing that like you're in the position you are on a CDL franchise and you're making mistakes that like if challengers teams had vetoes, they're not making that mistake. Like, I think the biggest thing that me that I didn't understand throughout all of the matches and just going it, it has to do with New York is why did Neptune run an automaton on Bokage hardpoint and why was running the sub supposedly yeah neptune wanted to do it right that was the reason he tweeted he said it was his idea so he uh, woke up one day and was like you know yeah, what actually, i think i'd be better off running the auto and make Krim a sub and i think i think they said it was like a decision made literally yesterday like the day before their game that's just whatever they could to make neptune comfortable because they know he hasn't been playing well yeah but see that really that matter. is literally the prime example of team just being chalked yeah. you know what i'm saying like we i I'm pretty sure we've all been there. I know I've definitely been there where, you know, things are not going well and, and one player will make up any anything. Oh, I want to run the main AR. I had Sam running a sub on Seattle Surge in Modern Warfare. I was... I remember that. Sam actually. was like... Sam, we were so chalked. We were so... We were so chalked. I had Octane trying to be like, bro, we don't have enough pressure. I'm pulling out a sub. And I'm and we were like... I, Damon was like, yeah, go for it. I'll run a bit. It's... That, that's when you know it's over. 
Okay. Yeah, David was loving that. He was probably like, I don't got to run around. David was fried. No, yeah, David was fried. Doors? <laughs> um, but like, they're just chalked, bro. Like, they're chalked. Um, yeah. and there's no coming back. There's no, no coming back for the NYSL team at this so point. It's just an embarrassment. If you're a fan, just, just wait it out. For now, it's just not going to be good. Jump ship. Hopefully they, yeah, hopefully they make some moves that can improve that roster. But uh, yeah, so that is <laughs> that is New York Subliners. Um, but then we get into uh, the Royal Ravens against the Thieves. And to me, this was kind of a big match for the Ravens. Obviously, they had a fill-in in Paul X. Um, and they're going up against, let's be honest, a really good Thieves team. Who is not looking that good um, at the moment? So it was a huge win. I think it kind of just further proved London's point is how good they believe they are. And, you know, even with a sub in Paul X to fill in for Gizmo last minute, they're still a problem. They're still a top three team. And I think they, they're they still on their kind of quest to, to deserve respect. And I think they're getting it. They look good. I think... Uh... I don't want to say they're lucky because they picked him up, but they did a good job of having Paul X uh, as their sub. Because I saw people talking about like that was an embarrassing loss for LAT. They lost to a London team with a sub. Um, but I don't think that was the embarrassing part because Paul X honestly fit perfectly on that London team. I feel like Kim and Gizmo, uh, they play kind of similar. Uh, like Obviously, same Paul role. X, yeah, they play the same role. Paul X has... Uh, some strengths over Gizmo and vice versa. But the issue was LAT just got embarrassed. You know, they're known as a dominant hardpoint team, uh, a solid respawn team all around, and yet they couldn't steal a single Bro, map. They lost Gavutu, their best I, map. Don't even get me started. They got Masterclass. Like, yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah. like they, they got just, Kentucky fried. They got handled. Yeah. So I don't know. And, and the SD woes continued, right, for them, like in that, in that series. I know it's easier said than done. Um, especially coming from me, this is rich, you know, but they might be one of the most embarrassing SD teams of all time. But for the reason, not like they're just, it's not like they're getting bodied 6 0, 6 0, 6 0, you know, like there's been worse SD teams, but those guys are just getting outclassed. They're situational. Like, yeah. Like LAT are losing SNDs that are relatively close. But all those situational rounds, those 2v2s, those 3v2s, those 1v1s, they just look like they have no clue what's going on. It doesn't make fucking sense. I know, they have team. great SD players. They have Envoy. They have Draza, who's fucking, it was basically an SD player. He dominated fucking SD and Black Ops 3 for a long time, offseason type stuff. Loves SD, right? Mm -hmm. And Kenny. He's the same in the same boat for a while. These guys are good search and destroy players. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. I still remember when they played Ultra at the major and they had uh what was it insight sniping on the desert side of Desert Siege and they just had no idea what to do. Like make they they just they just need a they need a leader in search and destroy. They need to revise their their game plan. They need to start playing with some confidence. They need to start just they just they just need to make better reads, bro, because like I'm looking at that round that they lost to Optic, the final round where they're in a three v three situation. Oh, brother! And they got two people just sitting like backside A with like no information. They're just kind of sitting there and they let the plays get made on them. It just doesn't make sense. They're just not decisive. They, they. It seems like they're playing scared. I think they're in their own heads now too. Yeah, they, I, like they they, just, they're I they're know. scared to make a move now because they're not confident that it is the right move. 
but then it end up it ends up just hurting them even more because Bro, they, yeah. then they're just who, sitting ducks and letting other who, teams run all over them. Who cares if it's the right move? They got to chalk that idea up. Like you, you saw something it, together when Sam was like big dicking in those one v ones, challenging with a pistol. Like yep. that's the play that this LA Thieves team need to make. They need to be the aggressors because they have the talent. It's why they started fucking fourteen and two in hardpoint. They are talent wise, they have a ton. They need to drop this like play by the book, play the right way, and just start making plays. Like They got to be the worst team at playing for picks of all time. No bullshit. Bro, <laughs> they just, they need to literally make plays, and, and, I think and they need to be decisive. Every yeah. single, every single player needs to throw a book out the window in this Call of Duty, and this comes from a guy who's played COD, and I'm the only active player here. Don't, whatever book you have on how Call of Duty's played, throw it out the window. Like, Vanguard is nothing like any other game. I'd love to see Thieves play more like they do in Hardpoint. They're always... Like you Agreed. said, Pat, you hit it. I was waiting to see what you were going to say, Pat, and I feel like we are going to agree on a lot of these things here. Like when Draza got that one pick in your plat, think about it. You know there's going to be a guy sliding on you on that plat with the sub and you have an automaton. Your chances of winning that gunfight are probably like 40%. And that's if you hit every bullet and you're ready, but you're going to be shimmying your right as well. Get out. Just leave. Get out. Run with your pistol like how Dash did in that one round when he like literally wrapped around the entire map and then killed, I think it was Draza who planted. And Draza was like, he like plants the bomb and he's like, okay, I'm going to slow peek around the corner to look at their, their church push. And there's Dash. He's shooting him in the butt because he thinks Brandon's going to sit in the back yeah. of the map. I don't know what happened because I used to watch Dash's vow in the beginning of the game. I thought he didn't move. Now I'm seeing him do things I wasn't seeing him do in the beginning of this year. And he's wrapping maps in S&D. He's looking like one of the best ARs in the game. Like seeing the way that they're playing search. I don't know if it's Ender. I don't know if it's Rambo. I don't know if it's Shotzi because I know Shotzi said he calls some of these plays. It's how you need to play Vanguard. Teams need to start taking note yeah. of it because they're the you best team make, in the game and they're winning. You need to make plays before plays are made on you. The way you yeah. counter, the way you counter it, and I'm not going to say the game is completely RNG, but the game has a lot of variables. The, the way the maps are designed, it's impossible. Especially on, a map like, especially on a map like Tuscan in a 3v3, unless you have a guy dedicated to watching like a lane, a pinch, and you it like it basically makes it so your teammates on the other side of the map that aren't in that lane watching that pinch, for example, like on that defense, they're playing three v four. If the team commits to that side, the, the side mm -hmm. that that guy's not on, right? So what do you do? You just literally have to force numbers on an area of the map and hope that you you make the right play call. Sometimes you just have to basically counter aggression or you, with with aggression. That's how you play the game. It's, it was the same thing how like on jetpacks you benefited from being aggressive because if you were aggressive, you you basically got yourself into a timing battle with the other guy rather than like letting that guy make the play on you. Right. It's just it's just the way the game works because of how um, poorly the maps are designed. You have to basically just funnel and like play your numbers to to uh, to like. To basically make it so like there's less plays that can be made on you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's, no, that's no, no. you're right. And I mean, look, I know this is we were, we start off by talking LT versus London, but we can add optic into this. The, even if you take away Vanguard, right? Just look at it as simple as you possibly can. If you get a kill, right, or or you you get any sort of info, okay? When when Draz got the the kill on Scump, for example, he's going to be calling Draz out where he killed him from, right? If you are stationary, which is how LAT plays as a whole right now, the other team knows where you're at, right? Because you're not moving. Now, if you, if, it doesn't matter what you do. If you run to the back of the map, make them use their critical thinking skills on the other team. But if you stand still and you don't make a move, you're a sitting duck. It was the same thing on that round 11 
that you said where Optic got info that Kenny and I think it was Sam or whoever were A, and they didn't move the whole time when Draws got up into church and Optic wrapped all the way back through their spawn as a team, pushed into fire, and LAT was still sitting where the yeah. last time it, they it had info like from. Like, so they're expecting them to still be there because they're yeah. not moving. They're not making Optic use any sort of critical thinking mm -hmm. at all. It's the easiest reads ever. I don't know if LAT thought that they had control of like the site because they didn't have anyone like near site, right? But they did apparently see people run away. I don't know if they thought the entire team retreat. I don't know what they were thinking. But regardless, like you're saying, they had two plays they had to make. Or they had one play they had to make, rather. One. They literally should have just pushed to the bomb and, and started planning it. Or they could have like tried pushing through and like hoping that like Optic cleared out. Because like you're saying, the way Optic is going to play it, if they're a good team, w once they see you're at A, they're not going to just let you get the bomb down. They're going to try to make plays to get you off bomb or they're going to try to make plays to counter your post plant. Which is if what they, they did, don't, yeah. if they don't, you're just banking on Optic being nervous or not knowing how to play the game. Like you got to think of it how your team would play it because at the end of the day, when you look at the pro league, unless you're playing a team that's significantly worse, you kind of like put yourselves in their shoes. It's like, oh, I got this part of the map and this is the info I gave them. So how are they going to counteract our position? How are they going to counteract our play? What would you do? You're, you're going to flank or you're going to try to retake the site one or the other. You don't you like you're not going to just sit there and be like, oh, optics, you know, not going to do anything. Let's just sit in our spot. Like, I don't know. It, we it, saw it the was, right was, and the wrong way to play. Yeah, you like know, the situationals, because, optic yeah, and LAT, you, you, right yeah, and wrong. Yeah. You know, you know exactly what you would do in the scenario, right? So why the fuck aren't you going to play to stop that? It doesn't make any sense. It's 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 an argument that I've had with people where it's like in a situation, let's say you get a kill, right? And you're the person's mm -hmm. teammate and you see that red dot on the map. What is your play? You're either going to go push that trade or you're going to pre-aim to wait to see if he overpeaks, right? So why is it that when you're the player that initiates and gets the kill, like you're on the reverse end, why do you go and overpeak when knowing this somebody's either coming to trade you or waiting for you to peak? Why throw your life away? Why not just back up? Like you understand the right and wrong, but you're doing nothing. It, it doesn't make sense. These That's a good point. Steve's just a sloppy, dude. To me, I, I and Ian, I don't know if you, you guys are doing this over in the LA. Don't camp, say you guys. But, what are you talking about? I'm not doing nothing. I, I do want to see their comms in SND, right? Like, I need to know what is happening in those rounds. Those those the, those two rounds we're talking about with Optic. Like, what is the call that's being made? Because there is it literally, one. that's what I'm saying. Like, it literally looks like on the minimap, they're unplugging their controllers and just waiting for something to happen. Like, there needs to be somebody. I don't care who. Would you be dead or alive? Just say something. Make a play. Like so, I, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right, Chris. I think they're dead silent in those moments, and they're just like calling out. I don't see anyone. Uh, nothing here. You know what I mean? Like calling out what, like, dude. They if they are though, right. Pat, they are. I just because, like, I'll be in their room sometimes when they're screaming at the compound. But we've all probably heard like the the LAT listening, right? The one that people were gassing up Sam for. Like his communication Respond. was great. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. But so like. Even though I think you're right, I I just can't understand how their comms could be that good in one mode and then it just be that bad. But it has to be like they have to be that bad because they just look like there's no communication going or on. Do you know all. how long that rap is, by the way? They were a side. 30 seconds. They were a side of the map. Rap, man. And 30, they wrapped seconds. all the way through B, through green to fire. No one even turned around on the minimap. Both arrows were locked ahead of them Bro, for they 30 acted, seconds. They acted like they were on the other side of the wall from them. Dude, like, that's like, how they were acting. Dude, all I, you need I to do they froze is just, or something. 
you know how like dude you know how many times on instant plant that bomb set on tuscan and then I literally. I literally make i literally make a decision in my head in the moment do i want to i'm never going to immediately hit back to my side you because the guy top shirt should be holding it off angle you will never see me doing that rookie play but i'm either gonna plant the bomb and go godheady and stand there for a second look at my close push or i'm gonna slide cancel and chow their side because the chances of me getting killed are so slim the only way the only player i've ever seen kill me in that situation actually is my teammate paul x like he <laughs> held this off angle with an ar and played for me to slide to the pillar and i was like oh paul gets it i can't get away with doing this against someone like paul but i feel like a lot of players don't get that concept dude if i'm thieves there and i see them I'm challenging that fight because it's an easy fight. And if I don't see them there, that's a lot of powerful information for my team. They're yeah, either close wrap your well or you're going to go plant. You should just yeah. go plant. Well, you don't want to get caught. You don't want to get caught just sitting there and then they're going to slide out well, go to the mid-heady and then make you weak and then push you and then you're dead. Regardless, regardless of the specifics, I, Doug, I want your opinion and uh, Chris, yours and Pat's as well. It's like, dude, I don't even, at this point, I don't even care about the specifics at all. Like you, you can make any play you want. I just want to see LAT make a well orchestrated play in in the middle of those An rounds. Aggressive play. Can I, can I say something? And it could really be quickly? it could be anything. Like before you go, Doug, just to finish. Yeah. Like when that round eleven, right? They could have ran back to the back of their base and, and like like away from the bomb. I don't even care. I just want to see them do something together. They had yeah. draws on an island not moving and then the other two not moving. Just do anything. I'm, I'm going to be honest. If I'm, if I'm them in scrims, if I'm in them scrims for this next you know week and they scrim search and destroy, I just want to see them a team hitting shit. Start playing. Start start practicing Agreed. rounds like it's Black Ops 4. No bullshit. Agreed. Because regardless if it works or not, at least when you get into a match, having those plays in your playbook is just going to do you do you better because it seems to me like a lot of the time you I mean you saw it in the Toronto Ultra match that they played on land they went up rounds when they were like pushing off the site that was towards the desert side I don't remember if that's A or B challenging the mid steps draws again in those first bloods and then they started turtling letting insight have their way with them it does like their play style they're such good players at search and destroy and being aggressive that like they should know better they should be playing a lot looser and they should stop playing this pick type play style because it's not for them draza envoy kenny i don't see them as pick players i Flash see you're not as, on the team anymore stop playing for picks wait, it not, hit some yeah i see them as playmakers bro they are playmakers <laughs> you look at their players they are aggressors start Agreed. using that to your advantage it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense so i just want to say something really quickly and i think you guys are really going to get a kick out of this because i think i'm the only person who knows this so i'm very close with uh coach vinnie gage right he's the coach of the stallions as we all know Shuma's cousin. So we all know yeah we've all watched mm -hmm. the stallions play in the elite they're pretty good right like you know they're, they're i think they're one in three right now they've lost some game fives right like <laughs> pretty good they're oh and four are they 0-4? No, no, no. no. Oh my God, I was gonna say. Sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure they're one and three, but they lost two game fives. Anyways, Texas Nation is on a five peen in the Challengers, and they only lost in the Challengers Cups. They won the last five. They're four zero in the Elite. They won the last Elite, and they've won the last five tournaments in Challengers. They've officially become the best Challenger team of all time. They dropped two maps in this tournament. One was in the Grand Finals, and they lost three to one. You want to know the other map they dropped in this tournament? It was to the Stallions, and Kaiser on the Stallions had a wedding. So you know who played for Kaiser? Vinny Gage. He is, and he's my good friend. I have not seen many players as bad at Call of Duty as Vinny Gage. Like, as in terms of we're talking talent here, okay? <laughs> that is facts. You know, I can actually Vinny, vouch. Vinny Gage is one of the vouch. least talented Call of Duty players I've ever seen in my life in terms of like, and he's not a player, he's a coach. He beat Texas Nation in a map. You, know, you want to know why? I watched the VOD. 
It was Tuscan search and destroy. Vinny Gage called strats on his team. He said four hit B every offense. Four hit, and on defense, he would four hit bottom well to middle. Every single round, and they beat Texas Nation on the map six to four. It just shows you, push things as a team and don't split up. One player could do a pinch. One player can do a hold on one side of the map. The other three, go, go, go. It's not a bad play. I'd rather have you die running at something than sitting there like an iron boots. It, it really grinds my gears when I see players sitting there like that, man. Like, You're not it, wrong. It doesn't work on this You're game. Not wrong. It just yeah. I watched Vinny Gage beat Texas Nation in a map, bro. They only dropped two maps. Yeah, it's Vinny Gage. Catching a stray. Vinny Gage this is my boy, Vinny Oh, he's not catching a stray. He's my Vinny, boy. Vinny is so bad in league play. He's going like triple negative, like double, triple negative, like all the time. Anyways. Right, let's, let's he didn't even shoot his gun and they won the match. He's horrible. crazy. No, he literally didn't shoot his gun, Pat. He didn't shoot it. I understand. He didn't shoot I watched the bond with him. Man's got to sleep tonight. Like, he's going to see this. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He knows. One thing I want to say, and I want to get your guys' quick opinion on, should Envoy stop running the bomb or carrying the bomb? I feel like every time he dies, the round colors. 100%. Give the bomb they to lose, Sam. <laughs> bro, they lose. They won't all never direction. get planted with Sam. I they agree. They lose all direction when Envoy dies. Like that round, Envoy's the one who died, and it was just Kenny and Sam just staring with ARs in the back of the map. Like, they gotta I, give it's it a small to like, thing, Kenny but, or Draws or something. Should. No yeah. bullshit. Because yeah. I feel like Envoy's almost a playmaker in like. It should probably go to Draws, I would say, just because I feel like he also goes the most rogue, so that could help reel him in on offense. Uh, but yeah, you give it to Sam, then LAT will be dead last in Bomb's Planet. Uh, Alright. Um, uh, Rocker against Ultra. This is next up. Uh, Ultra ended up winning 3-1. Yeah. And I think this was Nothing an Ultra new. bounce. This is an Ultra bounce back. They right? won two hard points. Yeah, they had that really slow streak of just getting fucking smoked in hard points, and they come out and they looked... Really good in both, given obviously Rocker is not that great of a hard point team sometimes, but for me, it was good to see. Um, it, Ultra obviously is one of our more well-rounded teams that we talk about uh, in terms of all the modes, and obviously they hadn't really put together their hard point um, you know, at the event, but to me, it was a good bounce back, and, and I think they're going to be one of the biggest teams to look out for in stage two in this major. You meant Ultra, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, you said um, Rocker. You're good. Just want to oh, clarify, my bad, my bad. Just wanted to clarify yeah. that for the viewers because I was like, uh, Mental, <laughs> my fault. Um, they're one of the teams that's really well rounded in all modes, and they just they kind of lose sight and go, you know, have those streaks where they lose in a row. But I think, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Pat. No, but um, good. I think the really the only thing that we need to take away because yeah, Toronto did bounce back in the hard points, but we know Toronto's a top team in the game. Like they're going to figure it out. Whatever. Uh, but this got a respawn win or a heart win. Exactly. That's your your CDL 2022 champs. But uh, Minnesota, they did the roll swap. And I think realistically, the only thing that we should talk about in this series and even their series versus Paris is it's not going to change much, like at all. And I think for not only against the Ultra, but even against Paris, it's been proven. I know it's only been two series. It's just pacing issues. Um, Minnesota is not going to be a contender, whether or not attaches on an AR, on a sub, or on the bench. It's not going to change. They need I do to think it expanded their map pool, though. It won't make them better or worse, but I do think it lets them play more maps. Oh, let's go! We don't have to play the same map uh, every helps. every series. No, no. They, I mean, look, because they also played Paris, okay, um, and they should have lost that series. Like it's not helping. 
they're they need to make a roster change through though that map one i mean i, I agree with you i i think they could this paris also have, had a player drop a point for nine in yeah, the series uh, bro, okay bro, so call paris me crazy before this is the one team who can ex can can at least see out see this roster out for the entirety of major two right like we talk Minnesota? about the teams. That, yeah, I think well, they, they kind of have least, to. It's their major, but right. Yeah, that is true. That's a good point. But I think even if it wasn't, I think they can afford to kind of test the waters the entire major. But for other teams like New York and, and some of these other rosters that I, I feel like need a change right now, Rocker isn't that urgent for me because I feel like they're still really good at S and D and they still push series game five. They're just so fucking consistent. And I had a stat too. I don't have it in front of me, but their hard point record is terrible. But most of those losses come in game one, and all of their hard point wins come in game four. So I don't know why that's a thing, but they makes just, sense. Look, look at what they did last year. They're they have they're some of the team. iciest players. You know, yeah. we, they have the greatest Call of Duty comeback in Call of Duty history. Um, that might be esport history comeback. I don't know. That yeah, was absurd. That, that's oh, fair. But so it makes four? sense. But then again, it's like, how can you if you want if you want to keep the same team? How like. Does Brian Saint just have to tell him, yo, we're down 0-2 before they they load up map one in a series? Like, yo, we cannot lose this or we lose the series. Um, but that's actually interesting. That I'll they be crazy, but I think they need a two-person swap if they want to be competitors. I don't think it's a one-person deal. That is inter wait, really? No, Who, I don't though? think it, I don't think it is. I, 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 I don't I, think, I, I think it can go it can go multiple ways. I, I just think just and it's not because they're bad. It's not because some of the players that they're gonna be swapping out are bad. It's just that like in combination, they don't have enough they don't have enough slaying power, man. Wait, I, wait, I have a question. You, oh, you think? Oh, okay. Bro, Never they're mind. good at search, gonna... but they just don't get as many kills as other teams, period. Like and stay so Standy Standy's really good, but he even slowed down. He's not in Cold War form. He's still good, but he's not in Cold War form. Attach is the best player on their team. Preston even in Cold War, didn't look good statistically in terms of Preston standards. Because Priestley used to be a star. Though. I will say he did, he, he has, but he's still not the same. Like if you were looking at current results, like they just they look like they just need more slaying power. And even Major Maniac, Major Maniac, I don't even think he's a bad player. I don't think he's playing terrible. They just if they want to start winning hard points, they got they got to get their slaying power up because. For me, it just they don't. It just doesn't look like they they have the they don't have the slaying power to compete with the other teams. So even if they do relatively get good at hard point, they're just going to get outclassed in 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 their slayer performances. I, I I just think I think they need a two person swap, and I don't know where or who or what they're going to get if they ever do something like that. But their respawn just needs an overhaul. And the only way they overhaul that, I don't think it's going to be a role change. I think the role change is a band aid on a temporary situation i think they're going to have to make a two-person swap if they want to get better at respawn to whether that s whether their s and d suffers who knows but they should at be the, the first team to commit to the like one team in s and d and one team in respawn bro i'm not even kidding no yeah no lie that actually might not even i mean it's never gonna happen but seriously because i i hate i hate looking at it because i don't really know where they would start just like seattle right they're they're on a completely different spectrum but just like seattle it's like you look at their team it's they have a high ceiling in their own right you look at um rocker they have a high ceiling in search and destroy their search and destroy is so good and that is the sad thing is that's the only reason this team is still together if that game mode they were like average at they would not be a team that's a fact yeah they would have broken. their their snd is so fucking good that it's like one of those things where it's like where do you start? Because if you get rid of Major Maniac, in my opinion, he's a big key into why their SND is pretty consistent. I heard he's like one of their leaders, right? 
You, so you you would potentially lose out in search and destroy. You get rid of, let's say, attach, not because attach is bad, but because attach um, his role that right it does it's kind of like conflicts right. You would actually mm -hmm. you would have to keep him as like an AR or you'd have to swap him out as a sub. He's kind of uncomfortable. They would get worse in respawn because he's probably one of their only things and search and destroy because he's obviously one of their best search and destroy players. You can't get rid of Standy because he's a superstar even though he hasn't been playing up to Standy standards. And then Preston. It's it's like I feel like if you look at Damn, someone, son, you want to wipe the whole team. No, no, it's one of those things well, where he, you know he's going down the line. You don't know. You don't know I who think, to get rid of. In I my think opinion, it's easy to be honest. If we really want to talk about, it, I think you uh, you get rid of Major Maniac. Unfortunately, I don't think he deserves to be dropped. But if we're talking about trying to be a contender, you lose some S and D strength for sure. Uh, and then depending on if Priesta wants to be that sub with Standy or the flex, you just find someone to fill in like an actual player who can match the pace. That's the I think that's the issue. I don't think you necessarily need a, a two person swap. I, I just think, think the issue is right now alone is the issue is terms of why their respawn is bad and their roles. Do I? No, you can get rid of attach if you want. One of those I'm not saying get rid of attach. I'm, uh, you really think it's I, one I'm of those? saying one. Yeah, it's one. I love Priesta, but he, I, think, I think is, I think Priesta might be. I think it might be Major Maniac and Priesta. Like, look, this is so hypothetical. He's saying he's saying bring in speed. So let Preston yeah. flex, let attach main, and bring in some fucking look, this speed. Probably, this probably wouldn't happen. Stats, so. No, no. So look, this probably wouldn't happen. I think this team would be ten times better off rip if, say, they uh, traded Major Maniac to LAG for Asim, for example, and you have Priesta yeah. run the flex, Asim and Standy run the subs, attach on the main AR. Because oh, then, then, the, then, be then, the, then the then the then the yeah, yeah, well, yeah LAG wouldn't do, do it, but then the pacing would actually make sense. Their pacing is just dog shit. It's that's worse in a league. They're slow team. Another yeah, another Ooh, player. They'd be a problem. They would be. They would be disgusting. This is the thing though, it's like as much as I want to say I see attached to well with an AR because like, he's good AR. I, can he? Add, you actually think of that attached could be a good main AR in Vanguard? Yeah, in normal COD, it's maybe still not. hard for me to see that, bro. I always would see him as like, okay, if he's gonna run, run an AR, he's gonna be a flex, bro, which I think is I think is fine and respectful. You, yeah, you didn't hear Doug? You didn't hear Doug? Do it, man. Doug said, "Fuck a rotation, baby." The, the, yeah. Dylan don't need to hold no yeah. spawns. Go get some Look, kills. Best way I could describe it, like this is how people think about Call of Duty Vanguard. It's Berlin P1. It's going P1 to P2, and there's 20 seconds. You spawn back P4. If that first guy is going trains and trying to cut off P2, and your team has nobody at P1, you're making the wrong play, in my opinion. You should be going and hitting P1, getting those kills, and the last guy I'll spawn should hit the rotation, because if you hit the old hill and get the kills on the hill, you're going to be in fire. They're going to spawn docks. You're going to kill them, and then the guy going around the back is going to be back trains as you're getting those kills, and yeah. you're sandwiching P2, and they're spawning out again. Fire. Yeah, it it's rewards you play. for hitting scrap and aggression on certain hills. Go, go, uh, go. All right, so, well, that's the rocker. They 3-2 Legion. Um, they look good. They look good, too. I feel like we always say that they need to make a roster change, and they always find ways to win series. I look mean, good. They're they're they should have won map one. Four, nine, look, Doug. They look, they should have won map two. one. Somebody went neg fifty two in a series. That, though. Like, wait, yeah, that's something. Win, but that's not impressive. Yeah, they don't. They don't look good. We already discussed how we feel about them. Paris, Jimbo. Look, we don't even need to talk about a series, Chris. We don't yeah. even need to talk about the one thing that I want to talk about, and I want to get your guys' opinion um, because we're basically done with with all the matches. Is uh, Jimbo? I got. I didn't get hate for it, right? But I made a tweet said he was like the Grim Reaper. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have gassed it that hard, but. From damn near everyone I talked to, people said Jimbo was a very good player. 
right? A very good player, one of the best SMGs in the game, especially from other players that have never touched the league, right? So like not, Cole Havoc's not in there, Kismet on those guys that are on the best challengers team. Uh, and then he goes and his two matches, there's only been two matches and he's looked horrible. Uh, he single-handedly costed pairs, single-handedly costed them. I don't even, you could say whatever you want, we win that series if any one of us are playing for Jimbo. We win that series. He looked lost. Um, and I'm not trying to disrespect him, but the, what I want to talk on is two things. One, when you get an opportunity to go to the league, you have to prove yourself very fast. You don't have time. Like if Jimbo has another bad weekend, uh, it, it might be over for him. Like it's that quick. Like Bello or whoever else uh, might, get, might get an opportunity but also, I just want to talk about how, like, I feel like so many challenger players think that they are the next Afro, the next simp, and they see them play. They have no idea that 99% of the shit they get away with in the challenger series, you will get disrespected for. Like, it will just not work against the top teams. And aside from him, you know, not having an, if he doesn't have another, you know, doesn't perform in these next matches, I feel like he's already. Almost like it sucks to say, but like those those players on that Paris team have already kind of lost confidence, right? Like he had two pretty much stinker back to back days, and like unless he comes out and drops a one point five, like even if he comes and has like a point nine and they lose, like there's still no confidence yeah, in in that team. Like none none of those players are like, oh, like he'll turn it around. Like he that would have been back to back to back to back shitters. Um, and I think they're just <laughs> a booger gonna, almost just came out of my nose when you said that. And, and that's just the reality of Call of Duty teams nowadays, right? Like, it's very competitive. You don't have that big of a window to be ass, and the team just lose because of mm -hmm. just, you know, how these qualifiers work, majors happen, you start in losers. That's They want to avoid that. And on the flip side of that, we're getting a pretty good temp. I'd say we're getting one of the better temps that we've had in the last few years. Um, it's not the best since the CDO has started. Uh, I think there was like a stat where he's only had one negative series and it was versus phase and it was like a 0.94. So like Donnie's playing really well. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, you could probably make the argument that John could have been flopped for fellow or however you want to do it. But overall, Tim's been good. He's been consistently good. I think Tom gravity's, you know, aside from one or two bad games, he's been pretty good. So yeah, yeah I mean, I think this team is in a position where if this doesn't, improve fast they need to make another change and it sucks because they fully released desi and fellow so they would have to pick up a brand new player on a brand new contract yeah i think what they were going for was aggression but i could have told you and it's not to rag on the guy but i played against him in challengers and i didn't i didn't get to play against him in this game but um that guy plays very aggressive almost Boy, he's a busy too aggressive like more aggressive than a busy I don't care. That guy's yeah, statistic. Huh? That guy's yeah, statistics when it comes to engaging yeah. engagements is an anomaly in itself. And I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I was telling people, I don't think this is the right right thing. I don't think his play style would work in the league. And he proved me correct. And it sucks because I mean I don't like. It's not like I don't like the guy. You want to see the young guns perform, like you. Yeah, you know, it's get, like get I mean, like everyone. Everyone wants to get their shot, man. I, I respect it, but at the end of the day, like he's got a lot of fixing up to do if he wants to be competitive. If he wants to play better, because his play style doesn't work um, in the league. You saw it. Like the guy literally just holds his left stick forward, almost like to a detriment, and it's not a good way to play. And there's, I, I feel like there's just a lot of other players they could have they could have tried to to go with. I don't know. 
Cole if, uh, Havick, they're just not doing the research. I don't know if there's stigma behind um, other players, but like the results in challengers speak for themselves, right? You look at Texas Nation; those guys are a really good challenger team. Colt Havoc, Kismet, Bre- Brezzi, Jordan General; those guys are disgusting. You look at players like uh, Ojani, um, new up and coming player, kind of just how like Capsidal had his, uh, you know, stunt. And then you look at even like Nikki D, who just got signed, uh, or Classic, who just got signed mm-hmm. to Seattle. Like that guy's also been pretty good in challengers. There's just so many other options. People aren't doing the research. Um, but like I said, I I just didn't think it was going to work. Um, I think he's going to end up getting replaced at some point. Uh, it's Paris sucks. is it's and it sucks. And also, last it's thing, not, it's business, right? It's business. Yeah. And I feel bad for Donnie because Donnie De- or Temp, he had the stigma with him where he was a bad teammate. And even on stream, sometimes you get a glimpse of a glimpse of him getting really a little too passionate where he's definitely frustrated. And I and I see how that could rub people the wrong way. But, dude, I feel bad because he's been really good this year. But he was also pretty damn good at Cold War as an individual when he swapped to using an AR. And I think he got dealt a bad hand. He and can I help think from, a, from a skill right. from a skill perspective, he's really good, man. I think he deserves to be on a better team or to at least try to, you know, somehow bring this Paris team up if he gets the right pieces around him because he's I a very look, good player. I look at Donnie. I remember being his teammate on the New York subliners, and we all know how that went, right? Um, I can I could confidently say with Don, I don't care what the guy thinks about me. I, I don't think he likes me at all, and I really couldn't care less. Dude's a freaking animal at Call of Duty, man. And it's kind of crazy to me how he like the only chip he has is that one online chip in MW. Like I watched a lot of their scrims back then. Very good, consistent player. And the only issue with him really was the attitude. And I've seen him over these years. I've seen him. Pl- I, I watch everything. I've seen him play S and D chows with players, and they're doing some of the most ridiculously like stupid things and i'm like i know don's about to lose full and i could see he wants Mm -hmm. to and i could see he's like it's almost as if i feel like he uses those things in order to build his composure up like i swear because i've seen his composure get better as time went on and i see the hands he's being dealt and i see the way he's handling it from the public eye and i think he's doing a great job and i think he just needs to stay the course because he's been playing some great call of duty for years now he might need to calm it down with the mannerisms though because i can because i do i do think everyone sees his personality come out it's not nothing that's nothing that's wrong with that he He wants to win i don't i don't agree with you it is it is it is no, no, no because the thing is, no, I, I mean, I'm not saying his passion doesn't need to shine through. I just know that for a fact, like when you start like passion, he has when you start like going like, you know, sighing or like, you know, like doing this type of stuff, like where you're just what like, bro, really he's frustrated. doing that when his teammate went neg 52. I, okay. doing this too. I get it. I get it. This is coming from someone that has had the similar stigma with teammates and stuff like that. It's doing you no favors. I just, so, it's just, it's just it easy to be nice teammates. when you're winning. It's easy to be nice when you're winning. And and everyone's frying. It's easy to have more comp- like, dude. I've been in the ringer and challengers. I play with Paul X, Venom, and Gene. I- I'm beating teams two fifty to twenty five on Gav HP. We lose a map, and I'm chilling. I'm happy. Like it's all good. I'm not happy, but it's like, all right, guys, get them in the next one. You know. But when you're on a bad team and you're losing every map, you're you're gonna get pushed to the limit. And I I, I, I definitely reason point, with Donnie there. The point is to like not everybody's gonna be an enable a TP right. Like not everybody's gonna be a very calm That's voice of reason. Like, like, very, well, I thought you were about to disrespect me. No, like, even, <laughs> even kill delivery person. Like, you have to have people on the team who are high octane, full of passion, like, get people fired up. Like, that, that has yeah. to exist in an environment. I think, Chris, the one thing you're kind of, you know, spotlighting is just delivery when things are going bad. That's really the one thing. But, like, to your point, like, anybody's going to be frustrated if you lose like a game five when your teammate just got absolutely world started you were frying. like that's just going to happen but yeah 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 and i think we've seen it in their listenings right like sometimes it seems complaining i feel like he's tried to calm it down a bit but 
I think we're always going to have those passionate players. They're going to exist. And I don't think yeah. we can kind of, you know, harp on them. I think it's just their, their, their personality. I'm not harping on them. I just want to, I just want to make sure that he does it. I'm just giving him a little reminder here if he's watching or just, okay. just not take it too over the top. Cause I've been in that situation. Just make sure that no matter what is going wrong, just keep your head on straight and you're in, you're, you're, you're on a good path and you want to stay on that path. Just always remind yourself cause you're doing good right now. Bro. Can right. I, can I, I, I want to get your opinions on this. Cause I don't know if, if I'm, being like an old man, like get off my lawn or, you know, hating on the, <laughs> the youngins. You well, okay. Uh, it's just, I, I see every year and dude, I'm going to sound salty, but I'm not, I promise. Good. Uh, it, it's like people talk about all these young new players, right? There's so much, there's so much talent challengers. Um, and I get it, but they literally hype up these young players and they kind of act like people like Kismet, like Havoc, like Saints. Um, even though I don't know if Saints is is playing, uh, but players who have Sensor, Haggy. Yeah. Well, I mean, Doug's still playing. Yeah, so I had Sensor in there. But, but, not but crit. even, but even, but even no, Chris but, when he was playing. I give us oh, your oh, point. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, we could actually run you. So Pat. those players, right, you. Those players who have played at the highest level and had success, they're looked at as old news and and garbage right they're too old to play when they're literally 23 24 25 26 years old right and people don't realize the general community that this is like a like going from college to a professional sport right even the best college football players in d1 only point or you point 10 point one percent whatever the case may be actually make it to the nfl when there are a hundred percent of the players on any NFL team, even the worst team that are NFL players. Like I don't understand how saints and those players aren't getting an opportunity, Pimp, but, you, but they yeah, ruin the stigma. They ruined but it. That's what, that's what like people Agreed think. You, people think yep. that everyone is the next sympathizing Afro. When like, if you look at it realistically, majority of the players that have been in the league that have come from challengers, like that got, got an opportunity and I'm not mad that they got it. Cause I want to see the young, young players thrive and do well. But most of them have been very average and or bust. Like there's obviously superstars like Afro, okay, like the Sim, like the Abizi. But like there's just the same amount of players that have been nothing. Why would you not? You, why would you not give someone like Saints or Havoc an opportunity? Do you want to why? Do you want to why this all happened? One, those two ruined the stigma, Abizi and Sim. Third, the second second thing is Lan. Lan has gone for point. so fucking long. That's and true. That's fair. That's fair. Online, the environment is so the variables to it in challengers are obscene. Like if I remember the scrim chat that we used to have back in challengers, it was just people roasting each other, accusing everyone of either one cheating to host manipulation, host fucking. Right? That's a big thing, by the way. And I think Soft somebody, name, Chris, somebody brought it up about Jimbo. Soft he, he lives in far Canada, far East Canada. Like he could have been you know, part of that host fucking situation, right? Yeah, like, but but the point is, there's so many variables that go into to winning in challengers that there's less and less warrant to actually winning in it, and there's more of so of an eye test in regards to getting picked up as a player. And the only thing that would help that is if there was just consistent events, bro. People don't realize how volatile. Well, the players do, but like you you need to really sit down and look at it when you're going to pick up players because it's so hard to tell who's good and who's not. And I'll use a perfect example here. Myself, I won the last challenger tournament there was 
in MW on LAN. Then you go to online, and then Typical. so many other players are still Typical. are like that were bad or were coming up. Some people got accused of cheating, and you never know. I'm not saying any of these high tier challenger players are cheating. Then there's host fucking when I was in the West Coast, right? So I can go from winning these lands to playing people online that are going to put me on like 150 ping. They're comfortable and in losing their bedroom to them. online. They're not yeah. up on, on exactly. land on a well, stage. That too, but even like the ping stuff, match. and I can start placing worse. But then let's say hypothetically we go to another land and I sit there and I win it again. Like that shit doesn't mean anything. But the environment online is so fucking volatile. It's not even close to what the pro league is, what, what the pro league was online. And even the online pro league still had its issues. Now mm. imagine playing people that were host fucking right yeah and, like yeah, and, they're doing and the thing is the thing is that it's like you could have had a good team right or you could have had a solid team but your seed got dealt a bad hand where you were you were playing against another team that had a higher seed than you that had host advantage on you that actually countered your team spread on host so now you're playing you're placing worse than you should when you're a better when you're probably a better team or you that team would work if you basically were the higher seed for example you would have been putting that other team in the situation there's so many variables to performing well in challengers and the reason why um a lot of these players are well not a lot of these players but some of these players become bust is because the results online on challengers are so skewed that when they do come in and go to these lands or even play on a fairer online playing field like you do in the pro league they get exposed and it's not the truth for everyone and there are people that have you know gone to do great things like standy drowsa had his moments all these people um but it's gonna happen and it's going to start happening more often because I was talking about this um, to somebody else. I can't remember a couple weeks ago where I was saying, like, I look at challengers and this is coming from someone that played there. There are still some people in there that can definitely compete. And I definitely think they can deserve to be on a pro league and they can be at the average level. Let's not be let's be real here. Not every pro team is going to be championship caliber. Just like yeah. not every sports team is going to be championship caliber. Do I still think that just because you're not championship caliber caliber, you don't deserve to be in the league? No, but superstars unless there's just new ones that pop out of the woodwork i can't think of any yeah, left in challengers i can't think I, of simple bz's i can't think of any the closest ones we've gotten are standy and like draws lately capsidal he's still a question mark but he's he's still pretty inconsistent he's for, he's still exactly a superstar yeah. for what we're saying would, a superstar should be maybe I, in the future they develop to one it. game outside of standy and yeah in cold, cold war, war we might not even say that about right. him in this game. So exactly. That's what I'm and, saying. And we have, we have the, the Europeans. We is... have the Europeans. Wait, hold on. Last thing. We, we, see, we see the Europeans in like Gizmo and Afro, but that's kind of unexplored territory. This is the first year where like hella European like amateurs were picked up into the pro league. So that's explored territory. Now, I'm not saying there's none there, but like it's starting to dwindle. And I think people are people are holding on to the hope that like they'll get picked up by the pro scene but at the end of the day bro I, I don't think a lot of these players like even classic for example or like assault i think like assault was I, I think assault's still a good player too like they just forgot how to shoot i think that a lot of these people have been dealt bad hands and i still think they can compete at the highest level they just need opportunities and we need to bring back consistent lands because lands if you're gonna if you're gonna play land at the pro league and you're not gonna have lands for challengers there's the, the environment's just too different to be able I to justify um, like picking up players from I, challengers I just, a lot to, of time. To end my point, and I'm glad you guys weighed in so I don't feel crazy. I just feel like if I'm a GM, okay, and it's like you said, Chris, right, where uh, there's definitely players that, you know, could be solid in the league. If you're a team like Paris, okay, or an NYSL or any of these other teams, 
why wouldn't you get someone who has proven to be talented over a certain amount of time and had success that could really help the team, right? Like, you want me to like, like Paris. Why I think it is. Well, well, yeah. But hold on. So let me finish. Um, because I get it was this whole circle jerk, bro. Of like, they're just recycling players. Uh, blah blah blah. Like they need to get out of the league. I agree with that on like making the same or or kind of creating the same teams with the same players. But you look. The perfect example is Donnie Temp. Okay, he was really bad on that LAT team last year. A lot of people thought he didn't deserve to be in the league. He's on. He's in a new environment, right, with new players, and he looks great. Probably the best he's looked in, in recent years. And he's proven himself time after time again. It's like you don't need to kick the the Colt Havocs, the Saints, the Kismets, anyone else, you know, out of the league. Yeah, give them an opportunity, but don't just bet everything on some random challengers player being the next Simp and Beasy. That's what every GM is doing, and you're just yeah. gonna you're gonna stay tanking. But do you want to know why the issue? Do you want to know why that issue is a thing? My bad, Pat. Last thing. You want to know why this is an issue? There's not enough fucking spots, so you're the like. There's just it's harder to get into multiple environments. There's not enough spots. That's really what it is. That 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 does exist, but I think the real thing is in. We 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 understand that havoc and, and saints and these players, Chris, even you, and I think what these GMs are thinking is like, well. Is that going to put us at number one? Is that going to put us at number two or three or four? I think their logic that they're using is like the swing for the fence mentality where it's like they're rolling the dice on some amateur to become some superstar to to really elevate them up to the top because they're thinking is like, well, yeah, we'll pick up Havoc or Saints and we'll get better without a doubt, but we'll still be like six through 10 or you know what I mean? Because the league is so top heavy and competitive because otherwise, if that's not their thinking, then it makes no fucking sense because no, that's fair. That's players like thinking. Havoc and Kismet and and Saints and Chris and, and like there's so many players that would just drastically improve teams, but I feel like they're not going for like normal improvement. It's it's not it's not like years past because there's only 12 teams and it's so stacked at the top that they know like well we're not going to be able to get in that threshold anyway unless we get the next Simper Abizi, which by the way doesn't fucking exist. That's like, the that's the worst mentality. They need to build foundations. Well, that's what they're doing. I'm telling you, that's what they're doing. Oh, 100. No, it is. It doing, is. You're right. You need You're to right. build a stable foundation to attract other players, or you got to go out there and spend the money. And if you're not doing well, that, the teams aren't doing that. So exactly. You're so you're just not going to get those, those got players Jimbo in general. for a bag of flaming hots and a new scuff. So like, <laughs> shit, he might not even be worth that. <laughs> listen, oh my listen, god, dude. Jimbo, oh my I, I, listen, god. bro. I'm rooting for you to turn around. That ain't right. Week. That ain't um, right. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for you to turn around next week. But listen, that's enough about the teams and the matches. Let's talk about the players real quick. I want to know what your guys' picks are for the best players in their respective roles. So we'll just go main. Flex and then double SMG. Uh, oh, this is easy. Pick one of each. Go down the list. Can repeat from any team. Let me know what you got. Main Dashy. Yeah, Dashie. I think we'll probably all say Dashy for main. Undisputed Dashy. Yeah. yeah, and then for Flex, I think ridiculous. it's undisputed Celium. Wait, wait. No? Let's go overall. Are we going overall or just off recent events? Overall, wait, what you, wait, overall so, I mean, so just all of all of major one and the major, right? All of and Vanguard. these matches. All Vanguard to date. Yeah. That what we know. Dashies has to be the best they are right now. I feel okay. like who do you wait, Pat? Do you, do you agree or no? Did you agree? I feel like Pat doesn't agree because we all said Dashy, and Pat was giving me this look like. I'm gonna go. Hmm, that's tough. It's Dashy, bro. It's it's uncontested. You I can't try to argue. Get fans, man. I you can't it. argue. You can't. Yo, the second best team. I got a sleeper. Who? 
Trey zero. Oh, Trey's, Trey's number two, in my opinion. Eggs, Trey's definitely number two. Eggs says Dashy's Sim- not the best. Trey's number two <laughs> simply because Dashy is a star in the role while also still playing solid like a vet making good plays but he's a star like bro he's really putting up ridiculous numbers trey is a very good ar but like he's not on dashy's level from a you know you know from, from a from from a statistical yeah uh, perspective trey's still really good definitely second though we could yeah, say I, second. Yeah, he's second just, just because flanked. it's okay. got to be unanimous selium i don't think anyone could argue it's mc bro MC his stats are he might be the best player in the game. Him I, or Shotzi, it's hard for me to pick between them. Who's the best player? Right I now. would have said Gizmo, but Gizmo didn't play well on land. Yeah, he didn't. So it's got to be Cell. And third place, or well, he was third place. And yeah, I'm gonna go yeah it's got to be, yeah. Bro, Cell stats, it, like I get it. It's hard to not say he's like, it's hard to not say the best player in the game isn't on the best team, right? So I think it's fair and Dashy stats are insane. But if you guys saw Cell stats from the qualifiers in the major, Dude, he's literally, it's unbelievable. He's like number one in hard point, number one in overall kitty, number one in hard point kitty, number one in S&D kitty. Uh, up bronze for yeah, sure. Yeah, like number three in control kitty, like damage at the top for all of them. It's insane. But he didn't want to. Disgusting. So. Well, let's go on to SMGs. You kind of got to pick two here since there's not really a defined role. So we'll just go with two SMGs that you think are one and two. This is where we I can go. Shotsy we can go with an aggressive SMG and like the supportive SMG and the way we can like split them up is if you look at like optic, their aggressor is Shotzi, their supporter is Slayer. Let's go Slayer and then let's go aggressive. Or supporter and then like, yes, yeah, Slayer or whatever. Okay, so uh, supporter, supporting supporter? SMG, supporting SMG. Um, this, is, this is like your simp, your scump so category. I might say Afro. I'll be I think he's set. an aggressor. I wouldn't say he's the supporter. You think he? The you think he's? A, he's the aggressor. Their support. Their supporter is nasty. Bro, bro, right now. Support aggressor. Two SMGs. Okay, 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 okay. You're right. Best two SMGs in the game. Who you got? Shotzi and Sim. Scump. No, no question. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, you're. I, I didn't want to pick both from Optic. Hmm. Shotzi's. Shotzi's given. I'd put Shotzi's Shotzi's number a given. Three right now. I put Seth at number three. I think I think it's Shotzi, a BZ scump. You have a Tyler above uh, Seth. Yes, dude, 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 that that one's tough because I think Shotzi's a given, but I think for the second spot, you could say Simp, you could say a BZ, you could say Scump, or I think you could say Afro. I think they're all very close. Honestly. Afro's up there too. He's very high up on that. I one. still don't. I'm not sold on Afro being better than a BZ. <clears throat> I That's still. Fair. I think Astro's. I think Astro. Afro is close. Astro was in my Afro. To being as good as them, but I think it's a BZ and Scump. And the only reason I put a BZ over Scump is because a BZ obviously is the more aggressive, super mixy. Scump is plays wait, more. Wait, the, wait, wait, wait. You're not taking Shotzi? No, no. I'm saying, sorry. Oh, Shotzi's oh. number one. Yeah. I got you. I got you. A BZ number two. two. We're, all, we're all over the place. There you yeah, go. Sh- Shotzi and a BZ. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go Shotzi. And this one isn't, hasn't hit, uh, I guess, hasn't happened yet, but it's just what I think will happen. I got Shotzi and Kleenex. What are you, Nostradamus? Okay, give me a break. Come Dude, on. Kleenex is good. Kleenex is about to be a problem in Major 2. I think Dude, I'm about to make a million dollars this year, too, Pat. For real, I do. Well, I bro, just, the only reason I, he's I, saying that, bro, or the only reason I think that, too, he's going to get better is because I look at Kleenex from MW, and that guy was absurd. Yeah, no, like, no. Pat's saying that. Similar. Chris, you want to know why Pat's saying off. that? It's because Kleenex dusted his ass at Black Ops 4 Champs. That's why yeah. Pat's saying it. With the <laughs> he, he was making 
I was just him. Wait, Pat, Pat, you literally <laughs> made literally, it. I literally a week before the event was like, so what are we doing with our roster? And then Stroke goes, look, I'm just going to make the executive decision to send <laughs> Kyler on loan to Splice. What? <laughs> and then I'm like, so what the fuck do I do? He's like, well, I think Gunless is on LG's bench. They benched him. So yeah, we might as well just get him. <laughs> oh, we didn't know, oh, you might as well bring like Adam Assault back. Yo, yeah. What? Yeah. Whoever edits these videos, got to zoom in to Pat's expressions right there when he was uh, talking like Stro. You are an idiot. Listen, listen, bro. I was that that whole event was just a troll. But yeah, Kleenex played well. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> that yeah, that's our picks. But uh, let's go into pickums for next week. Um, oh, get my thing, dude. So next, I think next Friday, this coming Friday, we got a uh, breach versus rocker. Wait, wait, Somewhere. wait. Are we getting our boards? Do you have your boards already? Oh, shit. I don't have my board. I got my board with me. Hold I on, got my me board with me, too. All right. I'm good. All right. So, listen. We got some matches this, this coming week. We're starting off. We got Breach versus Rocker. Who do you boys got? Ready? Mm, hold on. Hey, Ian, hurry Bre- up. <laughs> oh, damn. Right, so I have Breach. Pat has Rocker 3-2. to two. I, I think Breach is going to take this 3-1. to one. Oh, there we go. Oh, I don't have a map breach. count. Yeah, I don't have a map count either. So me and Chris oh, have breach. Yeah, Matt has Rocker. Map counts are terrible, bro. I don't know their vetoes. They control in the vetoes like every other team does. I'm not doing no map count. I just think Breach about to win this shit. I, I think Boston. Rocker's got the, Rocker's got the he's got Boston edge. three to one. Listen, I, I think turn my hey, ISO Rocker, down. Rocker's got the S and D edge, and I think that's why. Uh, I think they'll take this series. I think it'll be a game five. Rocker's got the S and D edge. Boston is nasty at search and destroy, bro, and Boston they're better at respawn. Subliners, bro, stop saying they're nasty. Yeah, but that was a while ago. That was right before this major one. Okay, nah, they went the to the major match. and placed well. Next series, subliners against Paris. Uh, wow, what? that is the that toilet is a- bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm thinking that's a good one. Mm. And this right, is I'm when ready. is this going to happen? When is this match next weekend? Next weekend, this coming weekend. Yep, I'm ready. Got okay. mine. Ready? I know you're over there drawing logo. No, I'm not. All right, I'm ready. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. Bam, three one. Nobody, because we all have to watch. My my, bro, my answer my says nobody life? because we all have to watch because that is going to be some of the worst Call of Duty <laughs> Vanguard ever played. Listen, listen, what? I got NYSL 3-0. Doug, I think you had him three. You didn't I have, have a map count? I'm not putting map count, but I have NYSL beating Paris as well. Okay. Yeah, Ian had Paris and Chris Paris. had nobody. Nobody but is winning. I think, I think we're going to get an NYS ro- NYSL roster change this week. And so I think they're going to have their roster change, whether it be one or two people, and they're going to come out with the fire. I think there's no way... New York doesn't make a roster change in time for this next match. They've been absolutely. If we're terrible. going off current rosters, bro, nobody's winning, bro. I don't even want to watch, but I know yeah, I'm gonna this, have to. Disclaimer: If <laughs> NYSL make the roster change, I got them winning. Okay, right, you didn't you didn't account, account for that yet? Who who did? What am I? What am I reading minds, brother? They they should have made a roster change three weeks ago when I said it. So All I right, can't trust them. Regain. We got London versus Phase. Ooh. Is Gizmo back? Yeah, I think so. We're gonna assume he is. Mm. I got mine. All right, we gotta wait for Chris to draw his logo. No, I'm good. I'm ready. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Show him. 
right, we got so we phase. All phase. We all yeah, say we all phase. We got the phase revenge tour unanimous. And even if Gizmo does it? get back, Gizmo has it. Gizmo might not get back. They might not get as many reps, so it might make it harder for London. But I think Atlanta comes on a revenge tour. Uh, Seattle just has phase number, week. dude. I think phase I, is clearly the second best team in the league. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is like London to me match up really well against all the other teams in the league, but phase and optic, I think they struggle with because that's a team that they match their slaying power. And that's something that's it's tough for London because London usually wins that that battle versus all the other teams. But uh, we also got ultra versus phase. Another good one. It's a tough week for Atlanta. Atlanta has some hard matches. Yeah, and they're going to be interesting to see how they play. Or what are they? Are they 0-1 or 1-1? They're 0-1, right? They're 0-1, I believe, right? They yeah, only played Seattle and they lost. They got to bounce back. All right. Everybody ready? Chris? Yep. yep. Bang. I got the Ultra. Am I the only one? 3-0 yeah. Atlanta phase. 3-0 Listen, Atlanta bro, phase. I'm, all, I'm all about the Ultra comeback train. Listen, I, they're a very entertaining team to watch. I really hope. They start, you know, coming back and swinging like they were in Cold War, man. And this is where I could see them pulling it up. Toronto you know, looked great, man. They want I, want the, I want them to look good. Like, I want them to be a good team. They're a really entertaining team to watch, man. I, and, I just uh, they know that they got to win this, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. The they got to win this. Definitely, definitely. I just, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm just uh, being a little ultra stand for this uh, match. So It's yeah, odd for me to see FaZe lose. That. It's really hard to see FaZe lose to Optic and then first match back lose. It's always Seattle. hard to see FaZe lose. It's FaZe. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't so see, it's like, like, you, it, I don't see how they're going to keep losing here, honestly. If you're a betting man, you don't bet against FaZe unless it's versus Optic's current form because those guys are also disgusting. Toronto look great. They're winning hard points. Start look they're one of the best teams in the league. Atlanta FaZe, 3-0 still. <laughs> Just how it is. Just how it is. All right. Well, that's going to kick off the end of the episode. Yeah. That's our matches. Unless you want to talk about Seattle versus Optic, but I don't know if we got to do the whiteboard pickums. I just don't think, uh, I don't think Seattle's going to, going to show us any life. Nah, bro. Optic smoke show 3-0, but that's going to basically do it for the, for the episode. Thank you all for stopping by and watching. Uh, You guys did a really good job of, subscribing to the channel when we had that call uh to action on our last episode so we really appreciate it we're still trying to to be optic and subscribers so if you guys uh you know love the show make sure you guys sub to the channel and we will Use see you guys button oh. as a fuck aches button a fuck aches That's button a good one. i think everyone That's can get behind one. that one i yeah. just broke my pc smashing that shit it's hard Anyways. to hear from you, Pat. <laughs> Appreciate all the love, boys. And that's going to do it for our episode. We'll see you guys in the next one.